We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the returning old man, Andreas Hale, coming at you guys remote today because the old man's just getting back from New York, which we're going to talk about here in a quick second. But today's the MMA show, so we're previewing UFC 295 going down from Madison Square Garden this weekend. A change at the top of the card, but I'm still really, really excited about this one in New York. So we'll talk about everything going on there, the new main event, new co-main event, and some other good fights on that card before welcoming a guest from the UFC to end the show. So packed full of MMA today. But Dre, all that can wait. How are you feeling now that you are back home after a week in NYC? Uh, Tired? Exhausted. It's a long week, man. We spent it. We were me and Johnny were busy running the streets of New York doing interviews and did our screening. And uh, we rode the Toys R Us train. And what else did we do? Drank milkshakes. We had a good time, man. We had a good time. The screening some was a big success. ass kids. Yeah, we, we had to take some downtime between interviews to uh, act like some big ass children. So it's good to be back. But man, doing a screening and preparing for a film festival is hectic. It is hectic and chaotic, but uh, it's our first time. You never have another first time, so we had we had a great time out there, man. Yeah, how was all the media stuff? I mean, you guys were everywhere talking about our heroes, Rock Biggie, talking about you know the neck injury and everything. You and Johnny talking about all your other endeavors. Somehow they roped you into a, a hip hop conversation while you're at one of these places. It's it's crazy that you guys really made the rounds. How was that like whole experience? Yeah, I mean. We it's funny because we had more media to do, but we didn't get out to New York until uh, late Wednesday. So we did Shade 45. We did Dash Radio. We did Hot 97 with Rosenberg and Ebro. We did Jesus. I can't remember. We did like red carpet interviews. We did a bunch of stuff uh, busted open. But uh, it's funny because I got to see E in action having to talk about a neck injury every goddamn interview because everybody <laughs> wants to know when he's coming back and watching him try to figure out how to answer the question differently, but it always remains the same. So that, that was interesting, man. Um, 
doing the media rounds and walking around New York with a, a, a WWE superstar is also kind of strange because some places it's completely anonymous. Other places, I don't want to say they didn't swarm them, but there was always like, is that Big E walking down the streets of New York? Yep. <laughs> is that Big E at the mall? Yep. Like it, the, people, it was a very strange thing to be walking around with him. And he gave me a lot of shit. And uh, because, you know, I talk about him being this super popular superstar, former champion, one of the longest reign tag teams ever, one of the greatest factions ever. And he was like, yeah, but people know you too. And he, he said that. And as I'm walking down the streets in New York, I get stopped by somebody. I was like, hey, Andreas Hill? He's like, see, I told you. And they didn't know who he was, which is kind of crazy. But uh, it, it was an experience, man. It was, it was definitely an experience. Uh, shout out to everybody that was in New York that came to the screening. We had sold it out um, with, a, with another screening as well. There was a few others. Uh, Marlo Stansfield, Jamie Hector from The Wire, he produced the film that was in our block. So his kids were there. Um, we had those wrestling girls were very supportive of us. Black Wrestling Podcast, shout out to Fam. He he pulled up on us. It was it was great, man. It was a great experience. No, that's amazing. I'm sure everyone loved it. Uh, the screening you did here for friends and fam was amazing. I loved it. Did you guys show it twice or was it just once this time? Nah, we only got one screening in New York, which is okay, uh, okay, okay. Which is for film festivals, it depends. Like you, you know, I've been to Sundance. Sundance will show your shit like five or six times. Here you got one shot, and it's it was Saturday in the middle of the day, which was surprising that we had so many people in the house. So um, people have asked since then. We got a bunch of questions like, well, when when's it going to be released? Well, we'll have details on that soon. Um, but all that to say that it's been a two and a half, almost three year journey to get to this point. So finally seeing this all come to fruition was it was special, man. And again, anybody listening to this podcast that has supported the Kickstarter, been a part of it. We appreciate you. I'm feel I'm getting messages from everybody asking when they can see it. Trust me, you'll find out soon. Not too long from now, you will find out. We got a, a few other film festivals that we submitted to. Probably not going to get into all of them because we're more of a kids cartoon than some artsy fartsy cartoon. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Nah, that is man, exciting, exciting, exciting um, for you. And I know you're like dead tired. I had a, a very normal weekend, so. Compared to yours, I'm I'm very relaxed and chilled after my weekend and ready to jump in and talk about UFC 295. I'm low-key shocked that you didn't stay in New York and just cover this. I don't feel like covering no goddamn UFC. <laughs> like I I am you know not sometimes interested. your job would ask you to do something nah, like, hey, nah. you're in New York. Nope. I, I took Look, man, I don't even know if people at work knew I was in New York. I just I put in PTO and I used it for this. I had no interest <laughs> in staying in New York for any UFC cards. That's work. I didn't feel like doing work. I was doing what I love. And not say I don't love this, too, but, man, I don't care. I've seen enough <laughs> UFC fights. Like, I don't need to. They're I'm right good. back here in December. <laughs> I won't be there either because I'll be on a cruise in Hawaii. So oh, I'll just as well. Yep. So yeah. I trust me, I've seen enough fights. I'm good. Yeah, I might watch it on the boat. I might not. <laughs> you ain't watch it on no boat. You're right, you I'm vacate, not. you vacate. I, I don't do any work, man. And that's I got to do that for the family because they 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 don't want to see me working all the goddamn time. So yeah, man, I'm not. I'm gonna yeah. be gone for the Pro Gray Haney fight. I'm gonna be gone for UFC. Was that two ninety six? Is that yep, what it is? Two ninety six. I'll be gone for that. What else is going on? There's like a bunch of things going on, and I already put in my time. So. It's family time. It's is that Leon Christmas. and Colby? That's that's a decent card. I might pull up. 
Yeah, I'm good. You can- <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It depends. Maybe I just don't feel like it. We're we're at that point of the year where there's definite like some burnout going oh, on yeah. from just in in general in combat sports. And I'm just like, all right, like I'm trying to recharge for next year and really get going again. So nah, man, it's it's good to have you back though. I'm sure that people missed you. I had one show all by myself where takes were flying. And then me, me and producer Cole Bebe held down another show. Um, so it, last week was was really fun. Shout out to Nick from Veterans Minimum, who held down the Halloween episode with me as well. So had a lot of fun shows last week. But now that you are back in the world of Evan Madre, we have UFC 295, new main event, Yeri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. Because as we talked about two weeks ago, John Jones injured, doing some wrestling about 11 days ago, Stipe, they told him, yo, we don't need you. This man is on the island with his family, chilling, because it doesn't seem like he's going to fight again unless it's John Jones. And then now we have light heavyweight main event for the title between Yuri and Alex Pereira. Yeah, sure. Great. I, I mean, I love the main event. I think it's a fantastic fight. But did you notice something yesterday? The uh, the UFC rankings came out. Because John Jones is injured, they pulled him from the pound-for-pound rankings. Yes, they did. So Islam Makachev now sits atop of those rankings, and he has, he claims he's the best fighter in the world. Do you agree with that? I agree with pulling John because of him being out for what will equate to a calendar year before you right. can come back, right? That's so fair. I agree with pulling John. Islam getting the number one spot, yes, I think it it's hard to debate right now because he beat Volk. But as soon as John is back, I think that's John's spot again. He's he's not the best fighter in the world. No, he's not. Because but John it... still is. But I agree with this of, yes, you can remove someone from the rankings, and then we got to see John when he – as soon as he's back and – date is signed for his next fight i think it's okay to put him kind of back into the rankings or maybe maybe he has to win maybe he has to show up healthy get through it and actually fight because with an injury like this you don't know if there's going to be complications you don't know if maybe this leads to a different injury that he pulls out of another fight now you're looking at two years john hasn't been the most active anyway it's one of those things where i think it's okay for the list to go on yeah no i'm when there's an injury announced that's going to keep a fighter out for nearly a year, I'm totally fine with pulling them from the rankings. That makes sense. Uh, I have to say, anybody who's new listening to this podcast, I'm part of the UFC rankings committee. I was kind of surprised when I looked and didn't see his name there. There was like there was a uh, a space, and I was like, oh shit, who's missing? And I had to realize, oh, it was John. But it makes sense for Islam to take that n- number one spot because who else would it be? The only person that comes close right now. Is is after the Volk loss is Leon Edwards, and he ain't better than Islam Makachev. No, even though Leon has not lost in years, he's still second to Islam Makachev. Even if he beats Colby Covington, I can't put anybody above Islam right now. That's the best. Is fighter Leon ahead of Volk on your pound for pound list? Um, good question. Because he hasn't lost in eight years, which you just reminded me of. But my eyes still tell me I don't believe in him, so I would put Volk above him so it's weird because if you look at the rankings right now in pound for pound john jones is still there and i don't know why they have him as number two to islam right he wasn't on my list 
Maybe I'm talking too much. Maybe I'm giving away too much information. <laughs> I wasn't able to rank him because I would have kept him number one if he was on my list. But yeah. nevertheless, I think Volk's dominance at featherweight keeps him at number two. Because losing to the best fighter in the world, yeah, he got knocked out, but he took the fight on short notice. We have to consider all those things. I will keep him number two until Leon, which is crazy because Leon beat a guy who was at one time ranked number one. It's it's close for number two. Like If Leon stops Colby Covington, he'll jump over Alexander Volkanovsky. If Leon stops him, because nobody's been able to stop. Well, not since Kamaru, but then Kamaru, again, man. he stopped him late, but... It, the only problem is Kobe hasn't fought anybody aside from Kamaru. Like he hasn't exactly. fought ranked fight. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know I don't know. I don't even know if a win is high enough, to, uh, good enough to jump him. Cause Kobe shouldn't be in this fight. Yeah, so this beating is... Kobe doesn't do much for me either. Yeah, this is tough. This is tough. I don't know. I don't know. Leon just hasn't lost. And Volkanovski has now lost twice this year. Granted, to the best fighter in the world. So I don't know how far you could push him down. But if Leon is completely dominant against Colby, I would consider putting him ahead of Alexander Volkanovsky. I'll consider it. But he has to be completely dominant. Like, it could be a path of little resistance of Leon just starching. Not even, not, he doesn't even have to knock him out. Mm-hmm. But if he just dominates him and sweeps him on the scorecards, which is very hard to do against Colby, regardless of what he said, we say, Colby's a good fighter. If he's able to dominate and sweep the scorecards or knock him out after dominating him, I would consider putting him over Volkanovski. But right now, no. All right. You actually reminded me that before we get into this card, there were a couple announcements for future fights. So yeah. UFC 297, Toronto, January 20th. We have Rocky Pennington versus Bueno Silva yep. for the vacant bantamweight title. Boy, that division sucks, don't it? Like, look Not at that great. division. It's, <laughs> Amanda's look, at home like, damn. I don't want to trash the division or people like Raquel Pennington, who is a good fighter, but come on. And Bueno Silva, the only, like, she should definitely be in that spot. She ADD meds, ADHD meds, got her a no contest against Holly Holm, but she submitted her. Yep. Bueno Silva is going to end up being the champion. I just can't see Raquel Pennington beating anybody. Juliana Pena, who is a troll, called this fight, like, gross. She's right. It, on paper, it's, just, it's not a great fight. It's it's not a fight that anybody would say, oh, this is for the Bantamweight Championship. No. Bantamweight champions have been Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, Misha Tate, Amanda Nunez, Juliana Pena for like a brief spell. Yeah, These two fighting for the title? Woof. Juliana anyway. Pena has, should be the next one up then. She should. She should definitely be that. And, you know, as, as again, as, as much of uh cringe as she is on social media and in her v- interviews, depending on how this fight goes, I give her a really good chance to become champion. I think she may become champion. She can beat Bueno Silva or Pennington. So Pen- we might have another cringe champ by this time next year. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, but 125 is so stacked, you never know. Right? Because... Bullet can just say, I'm done with this. Let me just go up to 135 and try to get a belt. I mean, look, but the competition is much easier. It is, but I I don't think that's like, that's never been her MO. Like she wants to get her title back from Alexa Grasso. So I can't foresee her like making the leap. But then again, there's like Blanchfield. She beat Juliana Pena already. So if Juliana had the title, I would like, 
if she got her title back and was offered the opportunity to be a two division champion, she'd probably take it. Yep. And then, yeah, again, there's like Aaron Blanchfield. There's women who can move up from 125 and not feel like waiting their turn. Yeah. And probably just take that belt because it really is that thin. Then we have um, UFC 298 in February where Alexander Volkanovsky would face Ilya Taporia in the main event. Volk gets his wish. He's got to stay active. The man wants to fight. And I mean, we covered this two yeah. episodes ago, why yeah. he needs to fight. And uh, I still think he's the best, best featherweight in the world with a full training camp. I favor him against Taporia. And Taporia is great, but I favor him. Would I be surprised if Taporia beats him? No, because no. there may, you know, again, as we've said on the show, when you start losing, it usually doesn't stop. I wouldn't be surprised, but I still think Volk only losing to Islam, not a big deal. And I think he'll have a proper camp, proper strategy. It's a great fight. It's a great fight, but I'm I'm picking Volk in that fight. Yeah, early, early on. I gotta see how Volk's mentals look kind of throughout the process, but I would favor Volk right now too. And then Dana already announcing a pay-per-view headliner for March, which I think is UFC 300. No, no, no. If, if UFC 300, that's, this is UFC 299. If Conor okay. McGregor ain't headlining UFC 300, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, so I'm not sure where this card would be because 300 theoretically should be in Vegas. Like, I, yeah. I doubt it's anywhere else. So maybe yeah. this is early March and 300 becomes late March. They do, like, two pay-per-views in one month. Probably. Um, But Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. I mean. Sean gets his wish. It's so weird, right? I'm not mad at this fight for the simple fact that Cheeto Vera beat Sean O'Malley. That's I'm not mad at it. Allegedly. <laughs> we but we know <laughs> we know who the number one contender is. Like yes. we know who it is. Like it's Marab. Marab yeah. is the number one contender. Like this is this is some bullshit in terms of Marab should have kept the jacket. Yeah. I mean, you're not booking the top contenders. That's why the rankings don't matter. And I, I think Cheeto's great, but come on, man. Cheeto's ranked sixth right now. This mm. division is like, it's it's a mess in terms of going with the rankings versus making sense out of the matchups. Yes, Cheeto beat O'Malley. It's a sellable fight for that reason. I'm just very curious when UFC countdown comes, if O'Malley's just going to completely ignore the fact that Cheeto beat him the entire time. Of course, just, he's going to be undefeated. I need to see that. But man, I don't know. The fight against Pedro Munoz wasn't great. There's there's just Marab's Village Philly is the number one contender, and it sucks that he's not getting an opportunity. And I'm not sure how long the UFC wants this man to wait. He shouldn't have to fight anybody to get a title shot. But I mean but they this might is make March. It. Yeah, like this is a March. So when is he gonna fight again? June? July? Well, that's fight what I'm saying. probably. What what's probably going to end up happening is Cheeto and O'Malley will have their fight at Bantamweight for the title in March. I think it's March 9th. And in the interim, Marab is got going to get be presented with two options. One is Corey Sanhagen. Mm-hmm. Two is Henry Cejudo. That's probably what's going to happen. Marab's not going to like it. Aljo's not going to like it. The Longo Sarah team's not going to like it. But this is the, he, Marab can't sit forever. No, because we don't even know if O'Malley wins, he may not fight until December. So you just can't fuck around and wait. You need yep. money. So Morale's probably gonna have to fight. One of those are my two options for him. I agree. And then 
The last one, UFC 297. I forgot about this. We talked about the co-main between the women. The main event, Sean Strickland versus Duplessis. Duplessis. Um, in the main event, middleweight title belt. This seemed like the logical step for a middleweight title on how everything shook out. And with Izzy claiming he's not coming back until 2027, Lord knows. But this seemed like the right matchup to make. It's just... It doesn't have that same steam. They lost out on a lot of money with Izzy losing. Bruh, first of all, 2027? Motherfucker, that's four years from now. Yeah, ridiculous. I don't know what and I'm he doing. Ain't young. That's what I'm saying. Like, who the hell takes four years off from fighting and just be like, cool, I'm back? Most fighters, the most you'll take off is like 18 months. Yeah. Maybe. And that's usually due to injury or burnout or whatever. Four years? He's nuts. Also, if you look at this card, on paper, just put it on paper, and you have a main event with Sean Strickland and Drikas Duplessis, and a co-main event between Raquel Pennington, Myra Bueno Silva. Both of these fights for titles. Get the fuck out of it! If you would have told me, selling great, <laughs> bro. If you would have told me this earlier this year that this would have been my two title main event card to kick off next year, get the fuck. You remember that show we did with Nick talking about who's going to be the champion next year? Yeah. None of these names are on my list. Not no. even close. God, this is this is awful. They better stack this card. They better find some people. They better get man. Who the fuck? They better find fucking no. Because even if you had Dustin Poirier, to have him the third fight on the card sounds stupid. Yeah, he probably second fight on that um, on the card with O'Malley. They might have so, had another title of this card. Shit, is waiting. They might have to do a flyweight title fight. Yeah, something. Because yeah, flyweight title is way overdue, right? It, it's due. It's due. But no, that actually might be in the December card for Vegas. Oh, that's right. It is. Pantoja is fighting in December. Yeah, it's the co-main. Yeah, Pantoja Roy, Roy Vile. So they already booked that one. I, I mean, I don't know, yeah, man. You can't put anything like Shevchenko. Like it's not a big enough name to really do like three title fights on this card. You know, you're just gonna get a you, you're just gonna have to get a popular fighter. You're just yeah. gonna have to get a popular fighter because this boy, that's MMA for you. Yeah, that's this, tough. These are your two title fights in 2024. I don't even know. I mean, they're using Patty on the December card. Dude, I Listen, I don't even I know have, another popular fighter. Like, I mean, maybe Marab ends up on this card. I fuck. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm racking my brain. I everybody's booked and busy. Everybody yeah. is booked. I busy. mean, and they're doing a good job with that, right? Like, usually they make people wait and sit way too long. Like, nah, they're doing a pretty good job with booking everyone. Man, maybe Brian you Ortega, put Derek Lewis on so many cards. I know. Maybe Brian Ortega or Yair or maybe I mean I made it and take any damage to his fight. Maybe he turns it back around. I don't I don't know. Like that's a sorry Toronto. You got a shit card. Yeah, it's rough. Super rough. But they'll turn out because they don't get cards every day. No, they so, don't. but the pay-per-view sales are uh gonna be quite thin for that one. And then losing John, this is not the year. This is not the start of the year they wanted. No, not at all. Because, yeah, now it's just, that'd be three straight pay-per-views without any star power. Ugh, 
that is that is rough. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So back to this pay-per-view, just giving our predictions. Uh, I'm just trying to see if we need to predict anything outside of the top three fights. No, the, no, the fight card's okay. The fight card is solid, right? Like, it's for a New York card, it's not solid. For a New York card, it's okay. Like, yeah. New York usually gets bangers for pay-per-views. But this is still solid. The top three fights are solid. Um, The prelims, eh. Nothing great sticks out on the prelims for me. Tap of the Ricci, that should be a pretty good strawweight fight. But there's really no, like, New York is usually stacked with, like, OGs. Yes. Like we've always had like a wide man or a Frankie Edgar or you know, someone like that. Um, they have Jared Gordon on there versus Mark Madsen. That's like, sure. you know, Jared Gordon's from the area, like that'll bring some people out, but we don't have that like real OG New York presence. Like we've now, had we don't. This card is it's a good card. It sorely misses John because it was top heavy. It's only yep. an MMA too, because like in boxing, when do we have the main event fall out? Rarely. Very rarely. rarely. MMA all the fucking time. Charles Oliveira just got a cut over his eyebrow like right before the week before the fight. It doesn't happen in boxing. But we no. lost a great main event. This is still a like 
for the hardcore, like this is a fucking great, great title fight between Yuri Prohaska and Alex Perea. But in terms of, like the mainstream appeal, not so much. No, I took took a nosedive on that one. Um, but all right, so we'll start Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. Can Bruh. Jessica stop the slide? Bruh. Do you realize then the in the year of 2023, this will be Jessica Andrade's fifth fight. Fifth. In 2023. Jeez. She started the year off by beating Lauren Murphy. Then she lost to Aaron Blanchfield. She lost to Jan Jonin, and she lost to Tatiana Suarez. Let the losing comp- continue because Mackenzie Dern is going to beat her as well. Sub, KO, sub, sub. Come on, man. Ooh. This isn't fair. This, for Jessica Andrade, for a woman who people forgot was the flyweight champ. Yep. People forgot. I mean, I'm sorry. She fought for the flyweight title. She was the strawweight champion Strawway by champion. slamming Rose on her head. But this run of fights, like somebody, I wish she was paid enough so she could say no. <laughs> like, I need a break because there, I just can't see a scenario where you get a title fight, a title, a title contender in this kind of murderer's role of fights in a calendar year. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, hopefully she's making a decent amount of money to fight that many times. Like, geez, Bro, remember yeah. she had an OnlyFans, remember? She yeah. Her, her OnlyFans because she wasn't getting paid enough. And that's when she was champ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably making a little less now. A little? You think? She's Ugh. a crash test dummy for Mackenzie Dern. Like, we all know Mackenzie's on the rise. We all know it. Yep. So they're putting her in there with a name, but just like in pro wrestling, when we talked about beating Chris Jericho as diminishing returns, Beating in Jessica Andrade doesn't mean much anymore. She's lost three in a row. Yeah, but she's just like, I beat a former champ, right? It's just to say I, that. I get it. And I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility that Andrade could beat Mackenzie Dern because Andrade is really good. But like we said earlier, when you start losing, it's really hard to stop. And I don't think it's going to stop here. Mackenzie Dern is going to beat her. Probably going to submit her. No, I... I'm going to go with the sub there too. It's been a second since like Mackenzie's really been able to get some on the ground and lock something in. No, she I, hasn't. I think, uh, and but her hands have gotten good enough to win fights, but this is where it's like, all right, get back to your bread and butter. It's going to be hard. I mean, no, Jessica Andrade is strong as hell. Yeah, she's strong. She's, I mean, look, Tatiana Suarez is a fucking bulldozer. So it's, that's, it's almost not fair that Andrade's got that fight, but, McKenzie doesn't have the same technique for takedowns. She's more of a grappler who uses leg trips and hip tosses. She yep. ain't going to be able to do any of that shit against Jessica Andrade. She's going to have to be very creative to get Andrade to the canvas. But, you know, McKenzie's offensive grappling, it's been strange. She's been in control for most of these fights, but she hasn't been able to find a finish. No. So <laughs> if Andrade is the crash test dummy that the UFC is making her out to be, she'll get one here. So I'm going to take, again, I'm taking Darren by a sub. And then co-main event, Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall, which is one hell of a fight. Dude, these guys don't have interim long title. Yes. Sure. I'm right. I'm confused. Let's start with this. <laughs> sure. If John Jones is coming back and you yep. created this interim title fight, the interim title then fights the champ to unify the titles. Correct. I have said for a long time, if John Jones beats Steve Miocic, 
He has zero interest in fighting Aspinall, Pavlovich, Almeida. You just run down the list of heavyweights, the young heavyweights. He doesn't care to fight them. The man is a money fighter now who only wants to fight the best to add to his legacy. He ain't fighting the winner of this fight. He's not. Also, it's not like John's not going to fight the winner of this fight instead of Stipe. That's not going to happen. If for any reason John's injury lingers into next year and like the middle of next year and Stipe for whatever reason says, now I'm good. John's going to retire too. Yeah. So then you could just elevate him to the main champion. So maybe that's why they're doing it. But I don't understand. I mean, I guess I get it. Interim titles are stupid in this company. They never make sense. <laughs> they never make sense. And Gano got like there was an interim title for Cyril Gano when Gano didn't fight for like three months. Yep. So it never makes any damn sense. But whatever. You want to put a flashy title on one of these two guys? Sure. They're the future of the heavyweight division. But these dudes are not here for a long time. Neither and guy's been out of the first round in their UFC career. Dude, it's nuts. It's nuts. All first round stoppages for both of them. I and Aspinall just turned 30. Uh Pavlovich is 31. And that's still kind of young by heavyweight standards. Super so young. DC started at like 32. It's this is a tough. This is tough. This is a tough fight to pick. I'm gonna let you go first. I need to think about this for a second. Pavlovich knocks him out. Mm. I think. Defensively, Aspinall has more holes than Pavlovich. And Pavlovich, to me, has more power. Aspinall, again, when he clips someone, he, he does, but he gets in like those wars. And I thought he was on the brink of like getting rocked a couple times already. But then he just comes back and beats the shit out of people. And it's like, all right, cool. Um, but like against Volkov, I could see like, okay, there's little things where you can do um, to kind of get into him. Sorry, he's gone to the second round once. He submitted Arlovsky in the second round. Um, but when you look at Pavlovich, he's just a different different breed. Like, he's running through people. What he did to Tai Tuivasa wasn't even cool. Derek Lewis barely took three breaths before he was asked out against him. So it, it's one of those things where I won't go against Pavlovich in this one. I, I think his power is just a level above Aspinall's, but they're both uh, obviously great. The records say that, but no, I, I think Pavlovich shows that he's maybe the second best heavyweight behind John. Yeah, I'm picking Pavlovich. Uh, the more I thought about it, Aspinall, his level of competition is not the same. No. Like Pavlovich has fought like top five guys consecutively, and he's brutalized all of them. Aspinall has it. Uh, Marcin Tabura? Yeah, we kind of expected Aspinall to win that fight. He passes the eye test, but I think to your point, he does have a a few holes in his stand-up that I think Pavlovich can expose. Like, Pavlovich is, like, rock solid. The only person he got beat by was Overeem? I think that might have been his UFC debut. And he hasn't lost or gone out of the first round since then. So, I don't see any of these... I don't see this fight. Maybe it gets out of the first round, but I don't see Aspinall stopping Pavlovich. I guess but Sergey Pavlovich will be the new interim heavyweight champion with a first round knockout. Yeah, Reem knocked out Pavlovich in his UFC debut. Ah, there we go. Which was also in the first round. So I mean, so I'm saying, man, he ain't here for a long time. No, and that was some shit where, I, you know, people thought Reem was going to get knocked out. Reem turns the tables. It's like, ooh, but. Yeah, I, Lord knows what Reem was on at that time. So, right. That's that's up in there. All and the then main, 
main event Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. Dude, I'm picking Yuri Prohaska. Like, Alex Pereira is a monster at middleweight. He's a regular guy at light heavyweight in terms of size. And Yuri Prohaska is frightening. Like, I think him submitting Glover Teixeira, yes, Glover Teixeira is a thousand years old, but Glover Teixeira was also the champ who knocked out Jan Blachowicz. Yeah. Yuri submitted him in the fifth round of that fight in an absolutely gutsy performance. I'm, I like Alex Pereira, and I think this is going to be a largely stand-up fight, but Alex got knocked out by a middleweight. Yuri's bigger. Yuri's stronger. His technique is damn near just as good. He's got a little bit of wrestling, which Alex has none. Yeah. So I think this will be a, a tremendous this will be a tremendous glory kickboxing main event. <laughs> I don't see this fight going to the mat unless one of them get extremely tired, and it won't be Alex taking it to the canvas. So, but I'm picking Yuri Prohaska to win. I think he's gonna stop Alex Perez somewhere in the third or fourth round. This one is tough. Because my mind is saying Yuri, my gut is saying Alex. You mentioned that Glover fight last time we saw Yuri. Glover had his moments. He did. So that sub came in the fifth, and that was like a, thank God I subbed this guy. Because Glover was standing toe-to-toe with him. Glover had him rocked. I think it was second round. So old man Glover was like, oh, damn. Glover came out looking like, you know what? This guy still got it. And Yuri survived that. And then the injury and everything else. Alex has been more active. Yeah, he just got knocked out. But he also knocked out that middleweight. He's knocked out a lot of people. Yeah, but he knocked out a middleweight. Like, he couldn't. He barely got by Jan Blachowicz. And if you want to play MMA math, which is a stupid game to play, Jan Blachowicz got knocked out by Glover, who got submitted by Yuri. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm not convinced that Alex Pereira at light heavyweight just yet. I'm not. I don't know if the, you know, if the the power carries again. Jan is he's got a strong chin. Like, granted, uh, our Israel Adesanya couldn't beat Jan, and Alex Pereira did. But I don't. It's just a different kind of opponent dealing with Yuri. So that's true. Yuri's so. Funny. You know what? I'm going to say. This is so tough. I'm going to say that Pereira stops Yuri in this fight. And I like Yuri a lot. But I think Pereira will find that punch. And that right hand is devastating. So, I mean, Yuri, Yuri has a loss since 2015 where he got uh, KO'd by King Mo. Yeah, King Mo. How long ago was that? 2015. Not, I'm just saying. I'm just King saying, Mo. like eight years ago. Yeah, it's, it's deep. He lost his fifth fight by knockout. Um, he was submitted before. I know it's a different guy, but I think he's going to get caught. So, yeah, for the for the sake of being contrarian, and because I'm torn, honestly, give me Alex by knockout. Because I think he just learns and adapts from what Glover did. That camp has seen Yuri and done a whole camp on him already and helped prepare a game plan for old man Glover that if they just stick with that same game plan and those same opportunities, I think Alex can capitalize more with the power. So I think Alex becomes new light heavyweight champion. Hmm. 
I listen, I'm I'm torn too. I think this is a hell of a fight. The 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 layoff hurts Yuri. Um the fact that Glover has fought Yuri gives Alex extra preparation. But Alex and Glover Teixeira are two vastly different fighters. They're not even in the same universe in terms of their striking, their grappling. They're just two completely different people. But all that to say is I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Pereira finishes him because I don't know what Yuri Pahasha is going to be. He's had over a year off, and he's jumping right in there with another striker that I think, yeah, it's the only light heavyweight that can strike with him is yeah. Alex Pereira. So I'm curious. I, mean, I'm I don't curious know. With- Jamal Hill's surprised me several times with his hands. Nah, fuck that. I think, I, I think Jamal Hill gets washed by Yuri Pahashka. Washed. Washed. It's got a lot of power, but the technique's not the same. Yeah. I, I think that uh, it all it all really boils down to Yuri's strategy. Like we kind of know what Alex Perry is going to do. Like we know, Yuri does he want to try to take the fight to the mat? Does he want to test Alex Perez on the ground? Does he want to strike from a distance? Because you're playing in one man's wheelhouse, and and Alex Perez's wheelhouse is striking. Yeah. And so is Yuri's. Both of them are creative as hell on the feet. But Yuri, I mean, he could have the edge if he takes this fight to the mat because Alex Perez stinks on the canvas. Just sucks, but I don't know if he's going to go that route. He, I mean, it might be wise to mix it up if you're trying to win a decision, but we'll see. We'll see. One thing's for sure is we'll have a a new champ. Well, I guess, yeah, it's a new champ because new champ, yeah, because Jamal Hills Jamal had to vacate. It's it's a new champ. So we're gonna have two new champs before the end of the show, adding to the list of new champions over the last eighteen Year. months. Yep, Jeez. belts just hot potatoing around. Uh, no, it's it's going to be a fun fight. I just doubt. I'd be shocked if it goes the distance. How about that? You went away with other. I, you know what? This has been a goofy ass year. I would not be shocked. Where it's I would just not like, be shocked. It's going to be a banger, and then it's just twenty five minute chess match. Just yep. I would. I would not be shocked if one of them won by submission. This year has been fucking stupid. So Why? I don't. I won't be shocked by any of this. Twenty twenty three has been one hell of a year. This has been one hell of a show. Great to have you back. You guys don't go anywhere, though. We're coming right back with a guest from this weekend's card. So don't go anywhere. We'll wrap this up right when we get back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody, as promised, we have our guest from UFC 295 this weekend, Matt Frivola, joining us on the show. Matt, thanks for taking time out. Fight week. I know it's always tough doing a weight cut. Thank you for taking time out to join us today. 
Yeah, of course, man. No problem. You're looking good, though. You're looking shredded. I see you look fight ready like you could fight tonight. Is it hard waiting for Saturday? And to really, like, what goes through your head these next four days waiting to get in there now that the preparation is done, all that training is behind you? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I had a, a great camp, you know, an eight-week fight camp. I, I took no shortcuts. You know, I worked hard. I dieted perfect. And now, like, my body's ready. My mind's ready. Um, and now we're just I'm just enjoying the moment, though, you know. I'm out here in New York City. I'm a Long Island kid, so I don't make it out to the city too much. But uh, whenever I get out here, I always enjoy it. And um, I'm just, you know, enjoying enjoying the moment of uh, fight week. Yeah, talking about that, you're riding one hell of a three-fight winning streak. A lot of people in the UFC, they go on these streaks, hot streaks, cold streaks. Yours, three straight knockout victories. What clicked for you? Because it seems as though the past year, year and a half, we've just seen an entirely different fighter. Yeah, you know, I think I got to give it to uh, the godfather of MMA, my head coach, Ray Longo. Uh, he really wanted me to uh, dial in on my boxing. And um, I always told him, I was like, coach, come on, I got too many, too many weapons just for hands. You know, I like kicking people. I like kneeing people. I like wrestling. But he really wanted me to focus on uh the sweet science of boxing and uh you know ever since i really you know started focusing on that i've been knocking everybody out with my hands so uh i'll give that that credit to uh coach longo you speak about that and he's been around so many champions right so many high caliber fighters people ranked at the top of the division how great is it to have someone with that amount of experience in mma in your corner that can really just zone in and pull out the best of you this point in your career. It's, it's amazing. You know, uh, when, when Ray tells me I'm looking good, when Ray tells me that he likes where we're at, you know, I believe it, you know, he's, he's seen so many fighters. He's coached, you know, multiple world champions. Um, and to have him, you know, backing me, helping me, um, it means the world. And, and it, it makes me believe, you know, why not me? Why can't I be the next champ? No, exactly. And it starts this weekend against BSD, Benoit and Denise. And it's just like, he is a tough, tough guy to fight. It's one of those things since you've been in the UFC, since you came through a contender series, it seems like they're just giving you all these guys who are really tough, who's really considered to be that next person. You've won a lot of those this is that next guy up. When you look at him, what do you see? What do you see that maybe previous opponents he's had hasn't? Because it doesn't look like the man has that many holes in his game. Yeah, you know, like you said, he is tough. He's tough. He's good. But guess what? So am I. You know, at this level, uh, everybody's good. Everybody's tough. Um, and he's he's just another another, you know, tough guy from France. Um, you know, I, I respect his game. I, I know he's very skilled and he, he's going to be a great challenge for me. And uh, I'm excited. You know, I've prepared and uh, I'm excited to go out there and get the job done. You mentioned earlier about all the weapons you have and you really sharpen the boxing and showcase those skills. Do you think this is the type of opponent that'll bring out some of those other weapons? Because we've seen him. His submission game is, is top notch. The fight could go to the ground. Is this where you, you're thinking, well, you know what, if it does go to the ground, I got skills down there too. And you're just waiting to showcase these. 
Yeah, hundred percent. You know that that's one of the things that excited me most about this fight uh, was how how well rounded he is. You know, he's coming off uh, four four straight finishes, two submissions, and two TKOs. Um, he's a very good grappler and he's a very good striker. Um, and so am I, you know, um, I came from a wrestling base right out in Long Island. Uh, I love jujitsu. Um, so, you know, I, and I love mixed martial arts and I love, uh, the way that you can put all the martial arts in the cage in fighting. And that, I think that's what I do most natural, you know, how I use my boxing, my Muay Thai, my wrestling, my jujitsu, and then how I use that in the cage with my fighting is what really comes natural to me. And, and this opponent is going to, you know, let me show the world all my skills. Of course, it'd be great for you to get another first round knockout. And that's like always the plan, like perfect scenario. But when you get someone like this across from you and that has equal skills, is it cool to be like, you know what? We might get 50K a different way. We might be in like fight of the night territory. This is a guy that I can steal the show, especially being on a pay-per-view, right? Where you're like, we can steal the show and be fight of the night when coming into this, people may be looking at the main event, the co-main event. This is like the perfect dance partner for me. Yeah, no doubt, you know, but shit, I'll take a first round knockout again, you know, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'll always take that first round knockout, but uh, I'm prepared for a 15 minute war, you know, I, I'm, I'm always prepared for a 15 minute war, um, but you know, I'll, I'll, we ain't getting paid by the, by the minute in there. So whenever I could get that finish, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. And when you look around, just in the division, as, as you look around, there's so much change. In the UFC in general, there's so many title changes this year. People who are ranked sixth, eighth, getting title shots, winning. People who are 800-point underdogs, pulling upsets in the UFC, getting titles. When you watch that going on around you, is that something where you're like, okay, I'm not there yet. I'm not challenging for the title yet. But is it something that really motivates you more to see that, these long-standing five-year, six-year champions aren't what's happening anymore. Everyone has a chance, and when you look at it, especially look at the fighters on this card. You know these these we have a vacant title on this card and an interim title, where a title fight isn't that far in the future. Is that something this year where you're like, man, that gives me an extra motivation knowing that a title fight isn't three years away for some people; it's two, three fights away. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. And um, you know, it's always it's always the next fight. The next fight's always the biggest fight. Um, but I got I got all the momentum right now, and um, you know, I can I can see I can see my my run to the title now. You know, I'm in the prime of my life. I'm 33 years old. I've been I've been fighting for you know over 10 years now. The the time is now right for me. Um, you know, I know that uh, Benoit. He he's very good as well. He's got championship potential as well, but he's just running into me at the wrong time because this is my time, and uh, and he's going to learn that. How important is it for you to fight MSG from your New York fans on this winning streak against this tough opponent? How much do you get excited about fighting in that atmosphere, and how many people are you bringing to fight? How many people are coming to watch you fight in New York? Man, I love it, man. Just this, these are dreams. This is what dreams are made of. You know, growing up, I would always, you know, dream of uh, fighting at Madison Square Garden and, and just, 
you know, coming out here for Knicks games, Rangers games, and uh, this is the Mecca. This is uh, the most famous arena in the world. And, uh, you know, to be fighting here now on a, on a pay-per-view card, have a worthy opponent, a lot of hype around our fight. Um, it's a dream come true. And, and I'm just, I'm blessed. I'm so happy that I'm, I'm healthy and that I'm prepared. And, um, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready to go out there and, and put on a great fight and get a big victory uh, for the home crowd. Are you a Knicks fan? Yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> apologies to you. But uh, listen, you're going to win in the Garden. Maybe they'll win in the Garden in April or May. And uh, we, we have a, a good longstanding run. You're going you're gonna to bring that atmosphere to the Garden, man. It's, uh, it's great. I love to see the local New York people fighting there. And the crowd, again, really getting behind you for this type of fight. It's going to be rocking in there. I just have to ask you, in, in your mind, perfect scenario, when you put your head on the pillow at night this week and you're envisioning how the fight goes, how do you see this one ending? How do you feel that you're going to win this weekend? You know, I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> I'm going to knock him out. Like, uh, I know that... Uh, he, he's a he's a very good striker, but he does leave openings that I prepared for, and uh, and I see myself catching him and uh, finishing him. Man, it's going to be exciting. I know all our betting like listeners and fans are like knockout. All right, they're putting it in right now. Take it into the bank, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> they hear it from you. I, I feel yeah. like I feel like it is. I, I feel like. This is the thing. If you were trying to put money, get that bet in. Matt Frivola, knockout this weekend. Gotta love it. Uh, Matt, thank you. Enjoy fighting in front of the hometown crowd and the fans and that Madison Square Garden energy. Because, um, again, MMA is still very new in New York. This is only so many cards so far in MSG. And to be there is something special. So thank you for taking time out during this special week for you um, to talk with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I love putting on for the New York people. I'm a uh, Long Island, Strong Island, born and bred. And uh, I got that New York blood pumping through my veins, and I'm going to be representing. No, everyone's going to be watching, man. Yankee hat on today. Uh, we we appreciate <laughs> you, man. Good luck this weekend. Everyone, Matt Frivola fighting UFC 295 in the Garden this weekend. We appreciate you all for listening to our entire MMA episode today dre obviously had to leave before he did this interview but thank you from myself for him follow us on social media on all platforms like and subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts as well thank you everyone here blue wire studios win resort in las vegas until next time show your support watch ufc 295 we're out everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.